short. Y'all are y'all are rocking. Uh, well, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted it short because last time I um, cut my hair, um, I left too much on the top. Like you know when you leave the haircut place, like barbershop or whatever, and like you know how your like hair always looks bad when you're leaving it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Right. Like I left the haircut place. And my hair looked good. And I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't cut it short enough. <laughs> so this time yeah. I cut it shorter so that it doesn't like if I don't, then it'll grow like a big notch. Like I'll have like an iPhone notch on the top of my head because my top grows way too Dude, I had the I had the opposite problem where when I went to the haircut, went on to the barber last time, I knew but I got a bad haircut. I didn't have a heart to tell him to change it. And so nah, like, like, there's, too, the much, like, there's yeah. too much hair here now. And there's not enough hair anywhere else on my head. So I, it looks like a, like one of So I needed to get, so that's why like, I changed it. You stuff. know, like, you know, but if you guys hear um, explosions in the background, apparently Copenhagen has fireworks at 1130 at night on Saturdays. So that's cool. Um, but so it looked like, you know, those cameras with the, with the booms, that's what, that's what I look like. Yeah, um, that's what my hair balanced. looked like yeah. before today. And so that's why I cut. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of bounced out now, but uh, I need to get a haircut before I go to college. Um, you, you missed yeah, your chance. You got to do what I did. You got to do a couple weeks before college. And then, so that's at a normal length when go, you go back. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the haircut on like the 18th, and then I leave on the 30th. So I'll be good. And my hair grows fast. Yeah, my hair grows okay. fast. Yeah, trust me. Trust Just me. Don't I, I got say it. I didn't fine. warn you. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Ethan, what are you doing hurrying us up along? I'm just saying, like, let's let the, say your line. <laughs> okay, it's a fucking, I guess, I guess we're in a rush today. Guys, welcome back to Excelsior after hours as always i'm your host Jordan <laughs> it's 11 30 for does this look like 5 30 five o'clock anyway. somewhere it is five o'clock somewhere that's a great jimmy buffett reference uh as always i'm your host jordan wasserberger today i am joined by mr patrick steinbaugh yep and mr ethan wagner glad to be back yeah, and we're look at us. We're actually recording and then uploading and then recording. I mean, it's like we're a real podcast. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what happens. Um, today is going to be a different style of episode. We're not just doing like one topic, but we're covering three. Jesus fucking Christ! Three very like very that. pertinent issues. It sounds like I'm in a war zone. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you all can hear me. Yeah, if, if we not. have any veterans, you might want to. <laughs> just yeah, stop. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds more like uh, 1940s Copenhagen than uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm actually living through Oppenheimer. Anyways, we're covering three really pertinent topics. Uh, the first we're going to do is just the current state of the MCU. We're all kind of in a state of disbelief, shock, horror, fear, and terror regarding that. And we're going to talk about it because it's pretty important. Uh, the second <laughs> Wouldn't is... Wouldn't say I care that much. <laughs> well, just relative to like like the breadth of care that we have had, we're all... Yeah. It's a pretty like, you know, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Dejected state. Uh, then we're going to talk about some of the recent DC news with James Gunn, um, because it all is so mind-bogglingly stupid, it defies description. And then we're going to talk about some actual like effective important things which is the strike um and one thing regarding the strike this obviously none of us are members of sag aftra but excelsior does not promote film or tv or, or any of that content um that's just an important thing to say because i assume we all support the strike but if yeah. not i can cut out that whole assumption but i assume we all support it right yeah yes, yeah we have to talk about I, yeah. it and find out yeah <laughs> yeah um so so yeah we don't we, we don't promote movies uh never have and and obviously are not are not doing that right now 
Uh, and besides, after this episode, we're gonna lose any hope of sponsorship from Disney or Warner Brothers. So uh, yeah, yeah, and it's also really uh, not like even if we were qualified for ad revenue, which we're not. Um, <laughs> you, we're not. you lose monetization in videos when you swear in the first five minutes, which we do all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> we do all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Mrs. Dracos. Anyways, so um, can you guys hear that, by the way? Yes. Yes. How, lo- how loud is it? They are like, booms in the sky. We can hear like, them. You should, when you're not talking, maybe meet them. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So let's start with the Marvel stuff. And this really is all about secret innovation. You guys have not seen secret innovation, right? I saw the first two episodes. I've okay, seen so I'm, okay, so I'm just going to give a very brief synopsis of what happens in Secret Invasion so we're all working with the same information. And the important thing here is I am not going to over-embellish these plot points. I'm going to tell you them the way Marvel tells the viewer the plot points. A few moments later. The actual plan of the Skrulls is as follows. Kill all the humans and take over Earth. That's the plan. That's it. No more complicated than that. It's just, let's kill literally every single person on Earth and take over the planet. And to do that, they put people in positions of government so they can use the humans to kill the humans. Cool. That's the plan. It makes absolutely no fucking sense, but whatever. It's fine. In the finale, three things are revealed. Number one, Rhodey, Colonel James Rhodes, has been a scroll since Civil War. Number two, Everett Ross, the guy, you know, Wakanda shield agent, was turned into a scroll at some point. And number three, during the final battle of Endgame, shield agents were running around collecting blood samples from every single person there so they could synthesize fake superheroes. So on the so I'm just gonna give my overall Whoa, thoughts on it. Wait, what? Yeah. What was the last part? Yeah. That that that's what it is. They were collecting blood so they could take their powers and make like artificial superheroes. So on the first point about people being revealed as scrolls, that's a big deal in the comics. It doesn't work in the way they did it in the MCU. Making Rhodey a scroll since Civil War means that you take out some of the best scenes of Infinity War and Endgame. It means that I want to make doesn't... a. Sorry? Yeah, go. I no, mean, I want to make a distinction here that the Civil War thing is something that the director said outside of the show. He thinks is yes. True. The show yes. itself does not say that. Yes, but given that we see Rhodey in a hospital gown that looks nearly identical to the gown he's in in Civil War, plus again, and like it's he the can't director. walk before and then he can walk right, after. And he, exactly, like, like, and like, it's the director like, I don't think of the it's a show. Crazy yeah. logical leap to say that that was yeah. So I'm going to say it's Rhodey in Civil War, which not only totally undermines his character development in Infinity War and Endgame, like, I don't know, forgiving Captain America, surviving the snap, fighting in the final battle for Earth, watching his best friend die and having a beautiful moment with him. Like, all of that goes away. And then with the Everett, like, which is just like, what the fuck are you doing? And then with the Everett Ross shit, that's less character development and more logic. Like, when was Everett Ross turned into a scroll? Because he's obviously not a scroll during Wakanda forever, right? Because if he was turned into a scroll, right, it wouldn't make any sense because he had the relationship with Wakanda. If he was kidnapped during Wakanda forever, you're really telling me that nobody in Wakanda fucking noticed that Everett Everett Ross disappeared? Or if he became a scroll before Wakanda forever, 
Did nobody in S.H.I.E.L.D. notice two Everett Rosses running around? Also, at the end of Wakanda Forever, Everett Ross is safeguarded in Wakanda, meaning he also couldn't have become a Skrull after the events of Wakanda Forever, because you have to then say that a Skrull found its way into Wakanda, kidnapped Everett Ross, took him to fucking Russia with no one noticing. Like, that's just a lot of logic stuff that's really stupid. Um, but the Rhodey stuff is more like you are undermining three phenomenal MCU films when it is clear that in none of those three films, they thought this was ever going to happen. And then on the taking people's blood and making artificial superheroes point, they make Gia, uh, who's Amelia Clark's character, they just hand her the most overpowered power set, maybe in any movie. They give her the powers of Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, the Wasp, who doesn't actually have powers, right? It's just the suit and the pin part. It's a suit. Like, Right. But they give her the wasp powers anyways. They give her the powers of Ebony Maw, who also doesn't have powers. It's just the rings, but whatever. And they give her the powers of Thanos, who also doesn't have powers. It's just like his genetics. Well, he was super that- strong. Yeah, but those are genetics, not his blood. Did they become like- purple? Or no? Oh, yeah. Her Did arm becomes purple. No, her arm. So when she uses <laughs> each person's... No, no. Pa- Ethan, you, you think yeah, you're Yeah, I did that VFX when- shot, guys. <laughs> Dude, Ethan, you think you're Guys, you proud of that? When- I did that. <laughs> when, when she uses each person's power, she starts to look like them. And then she also gets the... Oh, yeah. And then somehow they get a blood sample from Groot, who's a tree. <laughs> He is a fucking nice. tree. He's a nice. plant. There's no blood there. Anyways, it's yeah, just, so oh my god. I, I, I want to start like, like yeah, it's oh actually god, discussing this, again. especially since Jordan just froze again. Um, yeah, you just get into it, Patrick. But uh, I think that so, th- so there are a couple things that he tackled there. Uh, I think that the big problem that I'm seeing is just uh, I take issue with how outraged people are over the roadie stuff, but maybe that's because of what we said during Damn, Guardians 3. Jordan. Yeah, there's two Jordans. Yeah, I'm going, I'm, I'm going, on, I'm going on low data mode, whatever. Anyways, right. keep going. Maybe it's because of what we said what we said at the end of the Guardians 3 podcast, um, but I just think I have removed investment in these projects since before Secret yeah. Invasion and also am capable of just ignoring what this show says yeah. and does yeah. i i can I'm recognize that what, the, what they're saying with roadie like i don't care <laughs> because the stories were not made with that in mind i don't I, like yep. they're sort of trying to undermine those stories but if i don't pay attention to that it doesn't undermine the stories right so that's why i think people are getting like a little too i i think it's going too far where i'm seeing people saying like this makes endgame worse like this doesn't make endgame worse it's a slap in the face to the russo brothers i'm sure but endgame was not a movie that was based off of this information yeah. right this sounds like yeah. a little this sounds like a similar conversation we've had about uh the rise of skywalker no shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah it does actually <laughs> pretty similar to that conversation patrick <laughs> Yeah, the difference is that the Rise of Skywalker doesn't have a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, Wagner, this is not this is not Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. I don't think there's anything worse, but I haven't seen this, so um, um, this is. This I want to talk about the article, also, Jordan. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the article. Um, for those who didn't see it, do you guys hear me? By the way, yeah. yeah. Okay. So for those who didn't see it, but if I keep cutting out, I'm going to go inside and, and see if that's better. But anyways, for those who didn't see it, uh, GameSpot put out an article. It's an interview with the director of Secret Invasion, and he made a comment that 
There's a lot of comments in the article. You should read it. But the main comment is that he is very happy with the reception Secret Invasion has gotten because he feels it is not the job of the MCU's creatives to, uh, what were his words, perfectly meet the hardcore fan expectations. Which, first off, the discourse around Secret Invasion is not that they did not meet expectations. It's that they made decisions that actively do not make sense and slap other movies in the face, as we said. But Patrick, take it away. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, it's um, going. All right. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, yeah, I also read the article. So yeah, I can talk about this because to me, Jordan's put, yeah. Um, there, there are three... There are three main things to this article for me. One is what Jordan just said, where the director was like, is it our job to fulfill audience expectations? One is where he talks about, he says he doesn't read reviews because all of his storytelling is a dialogue with an audience. When the show is finished and put up on the screen, that's my half the dialogue. Then the audience starts their half. Um, And then the third is where he says uh, something about, uh, I can't find it exactly right now, but something about um, how there's vi- there's variability in audience reactions to the show. Yeah. And that's why... It highlights he- the diverse nature of audience preferences. That's, yes. that's what yep. you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I want to I talk first about the dialogue thing, because... That yeah. that creating storytelling is a dialogue with an audience because to me it's he that's true, but what he describes then after that does not it's describe not a dialogue. Yeah, he presents yeah. putting wait, something wait, wait, forward. Wait, wait. Pause, 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 and pause, then pause. stopping listening, and then their their reactions to that. But if you're not interacting with those reactions, and if you're not engaging with them and learning from them, that's not a dialogue. <laughs> Wait, wait, can, yeah, you, can yeah. you guys hear me? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to totally agree with you on this one. Um, it's just, I'm all for like committing to like what you believe in in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, but to not be able to accept general constructive criticism in any way is not a dialogue. And, okay. I, and I also think, but it goes past accept. To not look at, right? Because yeah. that's like, Hello? that's like... Hello? If I were to do, if I were to talk for the next 30 minutes and then leave the podcast and you talked for another 30 minutes yeah, and we didn't discuss, we didn't like, right? like there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. Um, yeah. So I, that I to me, think, you guys, oh, you now we can hear you. Um, now I don't even think that it's like, it's not even the nature, like it's not even just a directing thing. You know what I mean? It's in every industry you need this yeah. dialogue. Every you know sort I mean? of like, like imagine 100%. if an engineer like built a bridge, right? This is where my <laughs> mind went. Built a bridge, and then like the fan reaction to it was like <laughs> the bridge collapsing. You know what I mean? If they were like, you know, I like having a dialogue where like I build the bridge and then the fans drive the bridge, and like I don't listen to any of the reactions of the fans driving the bridge, he wouldn't be that good of an engineer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I just like it's not just a directing thing where you need to be able to, and like 
I don't think you have, I, I think his like general first point of like, they don't need to make the shows for the hardcore fans. Like, I think that point in of itself is an okay, like yeah. core belief to yeah. stand behind. But then it's where he goes from there where I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you guys. Um, you can yeah, get to the thing with me. The thing with me, well, I just want to interject quickly. The thing with me with the article that really upset me is for so many years, it felt like the MCU creatives were as passionate, were like with the fans. You know what I mean? Like everybody was kind of coming from the same place. Everybody wanted this to succeed and, and wanted to tell the best story possible. And this is the first time I've seen a creative outright say, I hear the fans. I see that they are but, there. No, I, I'm just going to cut you off. He doesn't hear them. He's not looking. Let me let me let me rephrase. This is the first time I've seen a creative literally say, "I know that the fans are talking. I'm not going to listen." And that is the that is the craziest thing. Like where my mind went, uh, Ethan wasn't even to engineering. It was to uh, I got played Destiny, and the the infamous quote from Destiny is Bungie saying, "We're listening," and then not actually doing the thing that the fans were like asking them to do. And this is like taking that one step further and being like, we're not even listening. Like, we, like, 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 we know what you we guys got want. This. <laughs> like, like, you just got trust it. us. This is really like, like, what's like on like those memes where it's like, source, trust me, bro. That's literally what this is. Where it's like, yeah. it's like, I, like, like, I, could you imagine if, if, if any other director made a movie that got panned and went, I know that reviews are out there, but, um, wait, hold on one second, one second. You guys take it away. One yeah, yeah. I, right. I just yeah, yeah. Well, because I have, I, I also just want to talk about because this is one of the this is one of the worst interviews I've ever read. Um, just just on a like, like into human intellect, <laughs> right yeah. standpoint. Because then there was the the third point, which to to me was like one of the most just mind numbing things about recognizing the intrinsic variability in audience reactions and the diverse viewpoints and all that. And that's one thing. There is variability in audience reactions, audience tastes, yeah. audience expectations. That's a true thing. If your finale has 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, that's not variability. That's across the board terrible, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like that's not a variability in viewpoints that is Almost every single person saying you made a bad thing. And I'm sure if we were to look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores, I'm sure the positive ones out of that 14% would still be like mixed positive, right? Because it's an aggregate. It, it's not 14% yeah. saying this was great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're never going to know that if, you don't, if you don't, if you don't look. Yeah. And I'm all for like, yeah, I'm all for like you doing your idea. You know what I mean? Like, like you're the director of the project. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, you can't like modify the show while the reviews are coming in. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, I understand like his like general like on Dia on like the very surface. You know what I mean? But like, you're making these shows for the fans a little bit. Like, there is an art like aspect to this where you're making the film for yourself and this is your interpretation of it. Yeah. And I, totally I wouldn't even it. say fans cause fans adds like a comic booky side, like just yeah, for yeah. consumers, like yeah. you're creating a product to be consumed. Yeah. And it's just, and I, I understand your own spin, but I, I, 
I especially think in something as complicated as the cinematic universe has expanded towards, it, it's a little more important to get this stuff right. You know, than like, you know, like, what was the film um, Fablements? Mm-hmm. Did you? Fablements, who directs Fablements? Um, is it Scorsese? Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, sorry. Yes. Spielberg. It's like what like, the whole movie is about. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, I, I just forgot the director. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I watched it. And like, I had a couple problems with it, like a little bit, you know, a really great movie, but that was like his movie, you know what I mean? And so like, Mm -hmm. he made his decisions for himself and it like didn't do as well as he wanted it to, but like, that was his movie. And so I get that to a degree when you're Steven Spielberg, like basically writing a biopic on Steven Spielberg, (laughs) you know, like I get that, like I get, and I, I understand his wanting to do his own thing, you know, but it's just like there's a clear consensus. And with the MCU, you have to be a little more delicate with this stuff. And I think phase four and phase five are really all together, dropping the ball on the MCU part of the MCU, like the cinematic the mm-hmm. CU of the MCU. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes, and, I agree. And what this reminds me of, and I, like, I haven't watched Office of Invasion, so like, I could totally be wrong. Shit, Jordan? <laughs> no, I'm sitting on a toilet with pants on because uh, just of reasons. Uh, but finish okay, your thought. If I hear any plunking, because <laughs> <laughs> I've been gone. Um, let me, let what me this my reminds me of is Jordan's problems with Eternals. Um, where Explain. when oh when Eternals? Go- I thought you said turtles. I was like, what's Jordan's no. problem with turtles? <laughs> Dude, I know <laughs> Eternals. Uh, Jordan. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to speak for you. But one of your biggest problems with Eternals is how it fits into the cinematic universe. Absolutely. Like, oh, sorry. You're saying that this- yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And yes. so, so you, you joined like on the toilet, like halfway through. But like, that was my, like, my bigger point is like, when you have movies like this, you have to do like a better job with the CU yes. part of your movie. You know what I mean? Oh, and like, if you fuck that up, like, it doesn't even matter the quality of the thing, because it just, like, it, there's a real, like, and I think you're understressing it a little bit, Patrick, actually. Like, when you're making trilogies and cinematic universes and shit like that, like, for me, like, that's one of the most important parts. Yeah. And it, it want, really plays a role in my enjoyment. And so, like, when you have a movie like Guardians, for example, that, like, is playing in its own trilogy, but is a little detached from the overall, like, CU, it's okay you know, to like do what you want and make your movie, you know, but when you're doing something that is so pivotal in the future of your cinematic universe, like whether Guardians like screwed up or not wouldn't affect like the overall MCU no. as much, you know, because it's in its own little pocket. I'm glad it was amazing, but like it's in its own little pocket. No. Um, but when you're doing something like this, you have a personal responsibility to not just do your own artistic vision, but to make sure that it contributes and fits. Well, so Wagner, so Wagner, this is the scary part, which I want to talk about is the big reveals of this show were not in fact written by the director. They were written by Kevin Feige, which is really worrying because the thing that I want to talk about is the thing for me, the reason, part of the reason why we put the MCU as an S tier franchise but is there an echo or, or no? no? Is there an echo? You're, you're, no. okay. you're, you're fine. It's not that bad. 
Part of the reason why we, we made the MCU an S tier franchise. I didn't put it as an S tier franchise, by the way. I voted against it, but right, but, but we as I think if if we get one more project like this, I might not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's, it's part, way past part, not being well, S tier. Let's put it this way: the it's first shooting, three like, phases below fifty percent. Yeah. It's like a C tier, like for Star Wars. Yeah, but continue. The first the first three phases of the MCU are S tier, and a <laughs> big part of why they're S tier is because it is so clear in almost every movie that there was a vision there. Right. Each movie has its purpose. It is clear what it is building on, and it's clear what it is building towards. While balancing its own individual Exactly. While balancing its own narrative. 100%. And the problem with the Phase 4 projects, but especially Secret Invasion, is... We talked about this, I I think, earlier, but, but the point now is... I have absolutely no idea what the fuck is going on with the MCU. And I don't think the MCU does either. I don't think if I asked Kevin Feige what is the plan, he could tell me a concrete plan for where this story is going. Like you have on on one hand, you've got the King shit, and who knows what's gonna happen with that, both because of Jonathan Majors, but also just that. Well, he just got he kind of got cleared. Um did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he got okay, that's good. But even still, what is going on with that storyline? You have that, you have the like God's storyline with Thor and Hercules and what the fuck is going on there. Never coming back. Which is never coming back. Also, Probably. like Eternals technically. Yeah, you have the Eternals. Styles. Then you have, you, have, you have Shang-Chi with the with like the rings and, and somehow connects to Captain Marvel and the Hulk, which also somehow has She-Hulk, but then Captain Marvel also has the Skrulls, but then and she now the Skrulls so. and She-Hulk's canceled. But then now the Skrull storyline is over. But then we still have Secret Wars coming out in 2026. And who knows if we're ever getting a Moon Knight season two? <laughs> like, like there is. Oh yeah, there's the Egyptians now. And there's also, yeah. and there's also all the street level stuff. Were, with Egypt didn't exist in the MCU before. <laughs> like, 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 there was just no sense of momentum or progress or thought or care anywhere. And as a fan, it's really depressing. But as like a critic and as somebody who's talking about it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand how we got to this point. Like, did they just write up to Endgame and then we're like, ah, oh, we can figure it out. Oh, you also, Black Widow blew up her room in the sky. I forgot to mention that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> and then I just, it's just, it's just like when I was watching Secret Invasion, what I was. Oh, and Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld's in the MCU now. Sorry. Yeah, oh, Kingpin, yeah. 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 But when I was, when I was watching, when I was watching, I was like, number one, this just is a bad show. But number two, I don't understand how this show got made by the same people who made the rest of the MCU. Because it, it's the perfect representation of a lost writing department that does not know where to take the overall story. And so they're just pulling in threads and hoping that something sticks. By the way, Secret Invasion is the single biggest comic book storyline in, in Marvel history. Like Secret Wars is the end of Marvel Comics. That Secret is Wars of- is still supposed to be the Avengers movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Is, but, but 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 the thing is, is is with Secret Wars in the comics, there were but also years by, of just so you know, um, there's two Avengers movies, 2025 and 2026, yeah. which are definitely yeah. not coming out in 2025. Or not 2025. coming out in 2025. But, but the first one is Kang Dynasty. The second one is Secret Wars. Just right. so you understand that, like, their chronology. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and none of that makes sense. Because, again, Secret Wars in the comics and Secret Invasion are the biggest storyline in the history of Marvel. Like, 
end of Marvel Comics type stuff. Like, like we're talking like DC Crisis on Infinite Earths level of, of importance. Kang is like a minor fucking character in the comics. And you're now taking those two ideas and just doing one, you're like intersplicing them where it's like Kang, then scrolls, then Kang, then scrolls. I don't get that at all. And maybe I don't have the vision, right? Like, okay. But I don't think Kevin Feige has the vision either, because the only thing that Secret Invasion has shown is that there was no plan to go into this show from other movies. Like, that's the truth, is is when I watch Endgame and Infinity War, I totally see how every other movie connects to those. When I watch Secret Invasion, I also totally see how not a single other movie in, in Marvel connects to this. None of them. Yeah, it's and, just... I. Okay, so I, I was waiting to say this, but um, I was right. So on October 13, 2021, episode six of Excelsior, Loki, Ethan Wagner makes the point. Um, I really loved Loki, but I don't think this is all going to work. And it's dismissed by, oh, we trust Kevin. Like, he's going to figure it out. Like, and I'm like, yeah, he probably is. But uh, that's the first instance of Ethan briefly saying, um, there's too much shit going on. Like, Shang-Chi's different than Eternals, which is different than Moon Knight, which is different than... This was before Scrolls, but... Like, I heard Secret Invasion was yeah. announced. So I was like, yeah. Secret Invasion, King, Eternals, Egyptian Gods, like, Black Widow for some reason. Um, there's no line here. Um, and so I mentioned that, and it was dismissed. But I, I, I went along and dismissed it because I was like, I trust Kevin. And Loki was great. Yep. And then on the Spider-Man episode, where I also talk about how I love Spider-Man... And how I love the movie and probably overreacted a little bit to it. Um, yeah, great movie. It's, a great, it's a great movie. Uh, I mentioned this again. I'm just like, and this was before I even fucking knew, like, oh my God, I forgot to tell you, I forgot to talk about this. Across the Spider-Verse is probably going to connect to this shit too. Like Loki's glitching in the oh. fucking... Loki's glitching in the trailer. He's glitching, he's glitching in the trailer. trailer. So what the he's fuck? He's glitching like, in the trailer. Like, what, okay, okay, I don't... Like the MCU <laughs> might connect itself to those movies. Those movies are not connecting themselves. Yeah, that's not the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so my don't my, don't hurt my, my baby. My take was that okay, Loki's cool. You know? So like do your individual movies, you know, do your Shang-Chi and like this dude's got ring power, like cool, right? And do your like Haley Steinfeld show where she like learns how to like shoot a bow and shit. And then like, like, but like keep in the background, like this whole sacred timeline thing, right? Like commit to that. Cause you're not going to be able to do like going back and making Eternals like a thing forever. And like how you balance all the gods and like Thor love and thunder and all that. So that was my, that was my recommendation early. Um, Patrick is staring into the void. <laughs> and I, I just, thinking. I just, I just, I, I think it's officially time, um, two years to date later, really, a little bit more than that, to say that uh, Ethan Wagner um, was completely right. And um, I think I deserve my credit. I think you two and everyone on the podcast. I was I not mean, on the Loki episode, so. Patrick was not there, but I will, I will give you your credit. Um, yeah. The, maybe maybe can... I was a little wrong with the melding. Like I wasn't like 100% on with the melding. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, it was just, like yeah. I wasn't 100% there. And also, um, oh, Jordan was also, I listened, read back to Loki. Um, Mephisto did not come. Jordan was right. 
Give Jordan his flowers. Yeah, he, thought, he said Mephisto was, was never going to come, and that it was a whole shit. All you motherfuckers who were out here saying that, like, oh, Mephisto is behind. Once again, yeah, Jordan called it, dude. I want to give his flowers. I want to give him the box. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you your flowers, too. move on from the Marvel? But I just think that's – I think I agree with Jordan that, like, what – what the first Avengers movies do so well is doing amazing individual narratives, which I don't think these new projects are doing like either, but like, let's say, except, they for, were, except, right? for, no, except for Loki. And I'd say, no, 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 obviously no. there's exceptions to the rule, yeah. but like, I'm just saying in general, like, I don't think Eternals yeah. is that good of a movie. Like, even if it like Dude, connected it's a to dog the shit film. Yeah. It's I don't think it's that good. Anyway, film. Right. So I like, I still think it's all right. I think it's like fine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like it, it's, it just feels like these directors aren't putting in the effort there. And like, yeah, and it makes it just, it, it's such a core part of my ability to s- suspend my disbelief for these movies that um, yeah. if you can't do that, unless it's an individualized project, I'm not really watching anymore. Um, just to be honest, I can give you an example. I didn't watch quantum mania um, and I'm yeah. doing just fine. Um, <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the Marvels because it looks fun, and I love um, Iman Iman Vellani. And I'm gonna watch Loki because that's the one storyline I still have hope for. And if those aren't like, like I'm not expecting the Marvels to be a ten out of ten, but if like, I want the Marvels to clear a certain quality threshold, as long as it doesn't like destroy other films, I'm fine. If Loki isn't like a nine out of ten at least, I'm, I'm done. I just think we need we need some funneling movies. We need some movies that like take all these like crazy storylines and just one movie that like funnels it to like something I can fucking understand. Like holy crap! Like like are there like it's a sacred timeline? It's not intact anymore, right? No, this is this is all yeah, but. But it also did break up and like result in like was wasn't that the whole thing that like if they destroy I didn't if watch Quantum Mania, so I don't know how Kang fits in. Well, wait, so this thing is, is is Quantum Mania does not talk about the sacred timeline at all. But the There's whole point, no from my understanding it. of the Kangs, like the whole point was like the sacred timeline. How they like the sacred timeline didn't exist after. Yeah, they killed yeah. Them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a sacred timeline, and like you can do whatever you want as long as it fits in your tube that leads yeah. to Kang sitting on the chair, right? Like Kang's well, no, got to sit no. on the chair. That same no, version he, of Kang has to sit on the chair. No, 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 no. Because in Quantum Mania, in the end credit scene, it's like there's actually, and what he says in the movie is there's actually like like infinite Kangs. Right, but we've been just, over this, Jordan. I've said this before. Those started existing after they after killed Kang and Loki. Sylvie kills. Oh, okay, so okay, I'm okay, saying, okay. I'm saying that's my point, right? So there's this tube, and then there's yeah, yeah. one Kang at the end, and that's what I meant by melding. Yeah. Which, like, I think it was still like technically correct, no. but like, fuck the melding. It was the wrong fuck word. The but, like, it's the same thing. They like all end up being the same Kang. Like, it's a melt, you know? No, but, like, no, no, he but, just no, beat no, the rest. No, no, no. <laughs> whatever. No, but the rest didn't exist. So it's not like they like they just. No, like, but they existed before he beat them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but but I'm just saying, like, in the Kang. sacred timeline, like, like the same Kang ends up right on the chair. And then, yes. like, Sylvie kills him. This is my chair, by the way. I am I movements. And, and um, now we got a million Kangs and, like, somehow also multiple TVAs, probably, which doesn't make any sense. Because, like, how would there be multiple TVAs? Like, what if, like, TVA agents from different TVAs, like, <laughs> like how are they, like, are they fighting each other? Like, what the dude, fuck? Dude, like, dude, none of it makes sense. None of so it makes I just, sense. By the I, way. and I yeah. just, I think this is an important thing to be doing. 
Like, I, I think it's a really important aspect of the movies. I think that's why I hate The Rise of Skywalker and don't watch Star Wars anymore. And that's why I'm kind of done with the MCU person. Except yeah, for, for, like, individual I'm, films like Guardians of the Galaxy, which are amazing. Yeah. Look. That's wrong. Um, this is the last thing we'll say about the MCU, and then we'll go to DC. Like I said, I'm going to watch the Marvels, I'm going to watch Loki, and I'm praying that something can be salvaged from the dumpster fire that we currently have. But let's talk about Oh, wait, 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 wait. Fire. Last, before we yeah. go into DC, my recommendation for the MCU at this point is you need the the what I think I didn't watch Flash but I think this is what mm-hmm. they were doing in Flash you need cuz I think what their real problem is is they're having problems going to the past like they used to like with like the first avenger you know what I mean like going into the past to build characters in the future they're having problems with doing that because of the past MCU and I think they're doing a very terrible job of it yeah. which I don't think is that hard to do but clearly it's above their pay grade um yeah but Which, like, rumors now writers should that, still get paid, but, like, come on, guys. Like, put in a little more effort. Well, um, but apparently there's now rumors that the Fantastic Four is going to take place in the 1960s and involve them being displaced out of time, which doesn't make any fucking sense because it's called Captain America, the first Avenger, and then he goes in the ice, and then Captain Marvel well, shows up in the 90s. I know. I mean, I know. you I, know I, that I like, yes, 1940 yes, is... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. can we move on? Because I'm bored yeah, of talking yeah, yeah. about this shitty universe. No, no, but my recommendation for the MCU is you need they they like in the comics they do this all the time. Like it's done in Secret Wars, right? Um, Retcon. They need Just the Retcon. reset. Yep. I think they need the reset. And if you reset and like you can get like you don't even think, you can reset and then go in the different direction. You know I was what I mean? Say, I I, I want to I'll say one more thing, which I've said to Jordan before is I dismiss superhero movies that are not part of a grand narrative yeah that's why that i think it it's not like a movie thing but it's part of maybe why i love spider-verse so much yeah is it's just a spider-man story yeah i would love to see i would would love love to see a captain america story yeah, not part I of want, the MCU. And I like, would I would love to love see, to see a Captain America story, and then on the end credit scene, Thanos puts on his gauntlet. And it's like, fine, I'll do it myself. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like you can have those individual stories as long as like they're loosely tied. They're not destroying the CU. You know what I mean? I would, and I think I would love to see. Yeah. I would love to see Marvel come out and be like, look, we did three phases, and that was really good. And then we did No Way Home and Guardians, and that was also really good. We're done with the MCU. We're going to go make superhero movies. And, and, like, and, make, like, and do like it. Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, make superhero movies. You can't do Iron Man. You can't, no, no, no. You no. Can't I don't mean, like, do Iron Man. Iron Man again. I mean, like, do what Iron Man first did. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. make yeah. superhero movies and then, like, slowly, loosely get to your... But don't make it, like... Don't make, like, Eternals, which then, like, screws up, like, how everything fucking works. And, like, secret... Yeah. Of the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can so make sense. your individual shit and just don't screw up the CU. And it's not that hard, and we could do it better for them, Disney. Uh, speaking of other hire people Patrick. doing things, hire Patrick. Yeah, and pay him, pay him, pay him. Speaking and of people, uh, speaking of people being able to do things better than other people, let's talk about DC and James Gunn. When James Gunn first took over for uh, the former, I forget who the former head was, but because it was no former head, it was just they were figuring out. But when James Gunn took over, we, at least I, I'll speak for me, I was very hopeful. Because I like James Gunn, I like his work, and I like what he did with Marvel and with Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And then James Gunn gave his whole like, "Here's my plan for Phase One," and I thought it it I liked cool, it. and I was like, I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll it was the right mix of high profile characters and low profile yep. characters. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It was exactly what Marvel did in Phases One and Two. I was there for it. 
And then we had the whole weird Henry Cavill stuff and the questions about, well, how is this going to work with Blue Beetle and then Batgirl and Black Adam? But whatever, you know, a little bit of weirdness. But Superman Legacy was being targeted as like the real jumping off point. Okay, fine. There'll be some weirdness, but we're going to get Superman Legacy. It's in a hard reset, all new cast, new characters, new relationships, new dynamics. Awesome. Wait, why is Gal Gadot still playing Wonder Woman? And why is Peacemaker's two, season two still coming? Yeah. Like, where James Gunn is cherry picking aspects of the DCEU that he apparently personally likes, and he's inserting them into the new DCU. So it's not going to be a hard reset. It's going to be a some things are staying and some things are staying. Did you guys watch The staying. Flash? Yes, yes, I did. I actually did, did watch Patrick. Did it end and like the DCEU is over? Like, no. No. Nope. It didn't do like the Flashpoint, actual Flashpoint story. No, no. It did nothing. No, it, it, it ended on like a uh, on a joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. So the, the new the timeline point. stuff was literally played for a joke where, yeah. I'll just say it, where George Clooney appears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is the problem. <laughs> George um, Clooney's fun. <laughs> love him. Um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, so oh, that sucks. Done, been, I don't understand what you're doing. Because this was billed to all fans as, or all just people in general, as we are, the DCEU did not work. The ideas put forth by Zack Snyder and whoever else did not work, or they were not executed well. So we're going to completely scrap it and create a new universe. What it has now become is, well, some things were kind of okay, I guess. So I'm going to take those and just see what I can do with them. You can't have your and- cake you needed to. Oh, wait, no hate. To, I want to say something. No hate to Gal Gadot. Like, I actually thought she was a pretty good Wonder Woman. Liked her as Wonder Woman. She's a but perfect if you're gonna re- casting for Wonder Woman. She's a perfect yeah. casting as Wonder Woman. First one was really good. What the yeah, first one was, was amazing. What amazing. What the fuck was for? But, <laughs> but, yeah, but she but wasn't the problem if, with that. Yeah, no, she wasn't the British great. Yeah. But if you are going to remake a cinematic universe, you cannot take people from other movies and put them in it. This does not make any fucking sense and it will make the dcu a failure on day one yes i was gonna say literally on day one because if you want to do young superman young figuring it out to farm boy superman you cannot do that with Zack snyder gal gadot wonder woman it does not work yeah i just i like i just want to say like you say you don't know what he's doing i know exactly what he's doing james gunn is still working for marvel is what's going on. And he's he's sending WB into foreclosure with because the, they're going to blow billions of dollars this is gonna on all these movies that are going to make a sum total of a buck 50 and a cup of coffee. Blue Beetle in its entire theatrical run is expected to make 27 million dollars. Did Blue in Beetle get no, later like this month. Next, like this month, like two months, two weeks oh, from now, or something. And it's expected to make. Is Blue Beetle total. part of the new DCU? Or that's what they're so, saying. But will it be when it makes twenty-seven million dollars total on a hundred and fifty whatever million dollar budget? Yeah, right. Like that. That's the thing. Is it, the last thing you want is for your audience, even of hardcore fans to be confused about what you are doing because like there's uh, i'm not a hundred percent sold on superman legacy right i think it's weird that there are a lot of other superheroes in superman yeah. legacy i won't talk but, about that but i'm excited for it right like i would say I, i'm like anticipating that movie quite a bit um 
And I, I have no idea how this is going to work. And if I have no idea when I've watched most of the DCU movies and I'm excited for Superman Legacy and I know about all the projects that are coming out, fan has no fucking then job. what the fuck is my mom going to do? Right? Dude, if the people who watch James Gunn, like James Gunn's like announcement videos on Twitter, don't know what James Gunn is talking about or what the plan is, then how the fuck is anybody else going to? And this is if, wait, if he doesn't even know what the plan is, this wonder he built fucking was it three months ago? He said it's going to be a hard reset, and now three months later, oh, but by the way, Wonder Woman's going to be in it, like Gal Gadot. But it's not just that Wonder Woman is going to be in it. Gal Gadot said in the in, in the interview where this information came from, there, like, development is still planned to eventually move forward on Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. Wonder Woman 3. That's the not same the story. same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Because that is that is different from Gal Gadot is coming back as Wonder Woman, where it's like, why wouldn't yep. you recast that, man? Like, you're just going to confuse people. This is literally, like, the they're continuing story. the story, which, by the way, doesn't that actually doesn't make sense with the end of The Flash, because it is, like, still kind of a jumping into a different timeline universe thing, yeah. even if most of the things are the same. But it's a, and that's before you consider Wonder Woman 84's reception. Like, what are you doing? But it also is like, you're now going to have a story that is dependent on characters that do not and have never have existed within the current confines of this universe. Like, Wonder Woman's story is deeply connected to Ben Affleck's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman, and those characters will never have even existed in James Gunn's universe. Imagine they bring Chris Pine back. That would, be crazy. I, I, that would be the best thing ever. Like that would be like that would be like so insane. Like, that would be like, like the craziest movie decision. Like ever. they brought it back to do it again. I would go to the theater just. I, I, just, I gotta know how they do it. You know what I mean. Like, Dude, like, that would be just, so insane if they rock his back. Oh my god! I just, and I, I, I was a little more hesitant on James Gunn just because I don't think he's like when we're talking. I, I keep on using the word like the CU part of it. Like I don't think Guardians has like are particularly like crazy like cinematic universe movies. You know what I mean? And like that doesn't make him bad in any way. Like that's not an insult. It's just like we haven't seen James Gunn be able to like really navigate this part that well in like in Marvel films, you know? So it's not like, it's not that he's like done a bad job of it. It's just that like, it's not like he had a resume of this, you know? And so like, I I don't have a lot of faith to begin with, even if I think on like an individual basis, like he can make some good movies, you know? And I, I just think it's, I just think it's really important. Like it just, I just, I, I, I'm glad that like the bar on like watchers has finally raised a little bit. Like I'm glad that like these movies are going to make zero dollars, you know, because yeah. I feel like even in the past, like Batman versus Superman, like it was shit, but like still a bunch of people watched it, you know, and it didn't like make zero dollars. But like recently, like people like people's like you shouldn't go to the theater for that shit just because like Dude, the flash did not make a profit. Yeah, yeah, like these, like the Flash made less money in its domestic run total than Spider Verse made opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, like, like it's but crazy. you gotta make good movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't just be praying this. Shit. It's, it's, not even, it's also and I'm glad it's that the viewers just, are finally yeah. stepping up and exerting our power. Just, 
right? We have a power. Yeah, but it's not just about quality. It's also yeah, it's about, it's about people want something different, right? Like, yeah. and I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm expecting Blue Beetle to be a pretty good movie, right? Yeah, I'm not so okay. It's just going to be something everyone has seen before multiple times. Yeah. And the people are no longer going to see those. The thing with James Gunn's universe that got me excited personally is when he started showing the comic books that he is basing his DC run on, it felt like, yes, finally we are taking some stories from DC comics that have not ever been shown before in film, animated or live action, and bringing them forward for the average audience. Yeah, like the Batman and Robin show. stuff. Like Batman Brave and the Bold is yeah, an yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. comic story that's totally. never been done. And the Supergirl being, thing. Yeah, yeah Supergirl. Yeah, exactly. Like even like, what is it, like the Swamp or something or whatever? Swamp, swamp thing. thing. Dude, James Mangold, funny. right? James like Man- I have faith in a James yeah. Mangold project. Dude, put I don't know what the authority is. is. Um, Dude, I don't know the authority is, but like, okay, awesome. Dude, putting Guy Gardner and Booster Gold as front row heroes in your first phase of a universe is such a bold decision, and I was totally here for it. Like, awesome. Because that's what he's good at. He's good at taking things that are not front and center, that are not A-list. That's why I am actually optimistic for the authority, is because he he wrote it, apparently already wrote it. Don't know where he found the time to do that. And then he elevates them into something that people care about. And it's like, when you say you want something different, like that's what you want. You don't want Gal Gadot for the third time as a remnant of the old thing. Yeah. You just got to commit. And I just, but what I don't understand is like, I just think like, this is what I always say when I see like a really, really bad commercial on TV. I'm like, there's so many people who watched yeah, this commercial exactly. before I did. Like, like I'm not like I don't have a marketing major. You know what I mean? Like, I think like, and I can fucking see that this shit is shit. Dude, you know this, what I mean? Like, this I is just, what like, didn't make sense. There has to like he can't like. Yeah. I just hope he's not like that arrogant and ego driven that he like won't li- like. It's just such an unbelievably stupid move that I, I won't believe it until I see it in the theaters. Well, this is what didn't make sense about the Gal Gadot thing is when you saw the reaction online, there, not a single person no I saw was even remotely happy about it. And it's like, that couldn't have been a surprise to you. Like, did you really think that people were going to be happy about this decision and, and what this decision signifies? Like, I will say, kidding me? I will say, the decision was not announced by him, right? It was Gal Gadot yes. in this yes. interview talking about it. But it does say something that he hasn't shut it down because he said, because no, because he's like, he he's known for on these social media platforms, shutting, shutting rumors down. He's like, this ain't happening. And he hasn't done that, which it says something. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's, it, it it probably won't have too much of an impact at the very start. Like when I don't think this will affect Superman legacy, you know, I have no idea if it'll affect like a booster gold, but when you start building out the CU of the DCU, this is the sort of thing, like you've got to make up your mind now because it will affect it. 
Well, Patrick, I, I actually agree on that. I don't know if you remember, but one of the things that's in James Gunn's phase one is in a movie or a TV show about the Amazons. How the fuck are you going to do that if you already have a written Amazon story about Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman? No, we, so that's what I'm saying. Like, we just got to be wrong about this. You know what I mean? No, like, this like, can't Gal be Gadot, true. Like, can't this be in the movie. Like, I just know. Like, I, can't, I do not believe there's going to be a Wonder Woman three because it's not. It's because like it makes yeah, it has so, to be. Yeah, Gal Gadot trying to like manifest. So you know? Little. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? Like, it makes. But, but, it's not just like a bad movie decision. You know what I mean? Like it makes no, but, but, so but even, un like I just can't even like I don't even think the roadie stuff is this bad. Dude, you know what I mean? Like you, I Ethan, Ethan, I'll throw back to you what Patrick just said to me. James Gunn is famous for shutting down rumors the second they start if they are not true. Right, but he there's did, still if, time, right? So much time. time. Like I just can't Patrick, imagine Patrick, how quickly, how quickly did James Gunn shut down the Superman and Lois casting rumors? I mean, it was within days. We are now at almost a week out of the Gal Gadot stuff. It is out of the news cycle, and he has said bubkis. I mean, I guess we'll see, right? But like, maybe he's taking a social media cleanse or something. I just maybe he's camping. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, like it can't be be a reason. It just can't be true. Like, I just like if there is a Wonder Woman three, like I'm done with superhero movies. Like, I just like like it just doesn't like. It, it just but can't, it like, like we, dude, we're, 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 we're not that we're, smart, you know what I mean? No, like, we can't dude, be, dude. like, we're not that insightful. Dude, <laughs> you know dude, what I mean? Like, this is, like, me. bar shit. Like, this is the oh, like, We've done hot takes episodes. Yeah, like, this is not one of those. Like, I just, like, it can't be true. Like, it just can't Wagner, be true. Wagner, you say that. I think you forget that when James Gunn made his announcement, like, this is going back to your point about him just not listening to other people. When James Gunn made his announcement about the DCU, he made a statement that he wanted to create an interconnected universe between television, video games, movies, animated movies, and comic books. That's the way he put it. That is not fucking possible. Well, that's what Marvel's going to do with introducing Spider-Verse. Dude, video games take right, but seven like years video to games make. are work on such a different production <laughs> but, timeline but, than like every other form of media. Like, dude, dude, do, do, do you understand what would happen if James Gunn walked into like fucking Take Two and was like, "Hey, I need you guys to make a Batman game by next year." But what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Are you fucking out of your mind? Like, what James Gunn's gonna go to fucking Sony and say, "Hey, I know that you have probably eighty six games in the pipeline working on over the next ten years." But I need you to do this by like next March because it is a slot in between these two other films. It's got to be before the next one. Are you moving on? Dude, what are you doing? And by the way, way, in terms of we were maybe maybe it's just going to be like a visual novel, you know? (laughs) He's going to make like a dating sim. But dude, dude, Patrick, look at fucking Telltale. That's a visual novel. How long a fucking Wolf Among Us 2? When the fuck's that? That's Wolf Among Us 2 mentioned. (laughs) <laughs> by the way by the way real talk i am so excited to play telltale's new game like holy shit telltale's back baby back from fucking bankruptcy bringing the expanse back are you kidding me but i'm still not gonna watch the expanse all right um, do we want to i think we want to set our piece yeah, i think we've exhausted our, I'm, I'm exhausted yeah. i'm also exhausted okay well it's a good thing i <laughs> saved my energy yeah, it's a good thing we have a light and easy topic to talk about now, which is the death of the film industry. Um, so if you've been living under a fucking, and I apologize for all the cursing, if you've been living under a rock for the last 90 days, 
the entirety of Hollywood is currently shut down because uh, the writers and actors unions are currently on strike. Why are they on strike, you may ask? Because the proposals put forth by studio executives outlined basically the removal of their rights as workers and as human beings. Uh, just to give a little, a little, you know, synopsis, uh, cliff notes, a few of the most egregious proposals involved, uh, digitally creating replicas of background actors and using them in perpetuity without those actors' consent or pay. Uh, one of them was using AI to do the front end of a writer's work and then hiring editors to rewrite the work that the AI created, effectively removing the need for writers. And, um, and creating a position called script doctors yep. that can be paid at whatever they want because yeah. they're not technically writers. Also part of the strike, what has come out is several shocking things, but the way that writers have been and actors have been treated thus far, the biggest one being that Disney had in their contracts that if a show lasted three seasons or less, they did not have to pay actors, anybody on set, um, or in the writing room, minimum wage. And the reason why that's a big deal is if you go back and you look at the Disney original shows like Liv and Maddie, Jesse, all of those types of shows, what you'll notice is that for the overwhelming majority of them after season three, they switched to a different name. So Liv and Maddie became, I think it was like Liv and Maddie, uh, living in LA. Uh, Zach and Cody became Sweet Life on Deck. Um, there are a bunch of shows like that. Liv and Maddie. Rats. It was something like that. Lab Rats yeah. and yeah, yeah. Sea Life of Zach yeah. and Cody did that, but Lil I don't Maddie's, think Maddie did no, that. No, it did. It did. No, it did. It did. I no, it did. It, did. it, did. it just wasn't um, as high profile. Oh, I also why Girl Meets World ended after three seasons. It was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, they were just... Girl Meets World is an unbelievably good show, and I may mention Girl Meets World and Boy Meets World are such good television. Dude, every single I'm time I'm so glad we're finally talking about this on the fucking every, podcast. Every <laughs> single time I rewatch Girl Meets World, I cry at the finale. Every like, time you rewatch Girl Meets World, oh, yeah, okay, I've, that's, that's a great I've thing. rewatched it three <laughs> times. That implies multiple rewatches. I have yet to go to the rewatch, but but um, um amazing. But yeah, I was getting back to the actual serious topic here yeah, yeah. of you know people not getting paid minimum wage. Yeah, so that's kind of just like the outline event. There's also just a pervasive fear throughout the Hollywood community that the advent of AI will systematically either straight up replace jobs or just present studios with a choice between objectively a better economic plan and objectively a better creative human being plan. And if we know anything about just the way capitalism works, they will take the better economic plan nine times out of 10. And that's a very scary world to be in for anybody in Hollywood. So that's kind of where we are. Um, in case you can't tell, I'm in pretty much full support of the strike with one caveat I'll talk about later, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Well, first. I just I, I just want to do some more setup because you kind of covered the, the studio side of it, of like what's to be lost. But people aren't necessarily striking because of what's to be lost it's what has to be gained um so obviously i i'm a screenwriting major i'm invested in this not as invested as some of my friends who have been asking me to join the picket lines sorry anya if you're watching um <laughs> but so I, I read through earlier the may 1st proposal document um, set out, put out by the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, um, which includes the responses from the studios, if there were any 
responses to each proposal. And I put together a, a small notes document on what I think the most important parts of them are, just to understand what the writers are striking for. Um, I'm not as involved in the actors. Uh, but so it, most of it is nearly all of it is about streaming because streaming just the way that it works with both AI and street, like technology is always ahead of the law in every single case, technology progresses faster than the law can and people have to adapt. And also Um, our Congress is as old as it's ever been. Yeah. yeah. And so for, so for feature writing, so movie writing on streaming, uh, the WGA proposed both higher initial wages and higher residuals for streaming films with budgets over $12 million. So that's what qualifies them as high budget streaming films. Um, and screenplay workers paid below a certain threshold. There's, there's a minimum salary with like a bunch of really confusing percentages and numbers that aren't worth going to, but below a certain threshold have to be paid 50% of the money in their contracts up front. And the remaining 50% weekly over the period in which they're writing the, the feature, um, which is very important because, as a note we'll maybe come back to later, studios often pay very late. And this is yeah. to help address that. And they say things where it's like to incentivize yeah, better work um, across the page, which, which is just like... It doesn't make sense just if you but think one, about it one, for five yeah. seconds. One thing I also want to add is the, and this is, I believe, the last we heard from the studios, the studio's current strategy for dealing with the strikers, this is a quote from an investor call, it's ridiculous. is to wait until the strikers lose their homes and are yes. and literally cannot survive. Which is just like full on, like mask off, like we are evil, you know. <laughs> this is just like just from a base perspective to show you business Lego movie stuff. <laughs> but just to show you that like people are fighting for different things in this fight, yeah. right? Like the studios yeah. are fighting for something other than what the writers and actors are yeah. fighting for. Yeah, then, yeah. Then the the another very big thing is for TV, which is done in in writers' rooms. Um, as opposed to individual writers, uh, individual writers do not write entire TV shows. That would be incredibly difficult. Uh, there have to be a minimum of six writers in a TV writer's room, which increases incrementally up to 12 based on the amount of episodes, uh, just to give more jobs in the industry. Writers have to be employed for at least 10 consecutive weeks of work before the show gets officially greenlit um, to go into production. And then post screen lighting they have to be employed for at least 3 weeks per episode of the show and then there's a general rates increase thing uh and then the big stuff is regarding just streaming in general so they're advocating for a set amount of residual pay for streaming streaming television uh if your tv show is on a streaming service based on that streaming service's foreign subscriber count so their subscriber count outside of America will correlate to a direct number of money um, for a writer that it, it doesn't have anything to do with your show. Like if your show is on the platform, you get that set amount of money. Then I want to pause on that point just real quick because I think it's like such an important point is how reasonable these demands are. 
the difference in subscriber count between domestic and foreign is unimaginably vast. Like we forget how big the United States is sometimes. There are 300 million people in the US. 90% or I think it's like 80% actually of most of these platforms have their like overwhelming majority of their subscriber base in the US. These are not big asks, right? Like these are very reasonable demands considering the way in which the streaming viewer economy is currently set up where we're talking about building residuals off of a fraction of these streaming platforms total subscriber count. Yeah, and it's it, that point is also not just streaming. Like Hollywood is in America, yeah. right? Like all of these the the reason opening weekends are tracked in domestic instead of worldwide is because it's like way way more important of a signifier for success yeah Um, yeah, we're the media capital of the world but then yeah then probably one of the most like contentious things between the writers guild and the amptp is they're advocating for variable residuals residual pay based on viewership of their specific show quote to reward programs with greater viewership requires transparency regarding program views. Mm-hmm. That is probably why this strike is going on as long yeah. as it is. To be fully honest, it is probably because of that last sentence where the in order for these negotiations to go through, studios are going to have to start talking about how much people are actually watching their programs and how much... like subscriber count translates to viewership hours because yeah. there are two possibilities either viewership is way higher than everybody is expecting and people should be getting paid a lot more because the studios are getting a lot of money or the more likely thing is that viewership and streaming services are way 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 less successful than they're yeah. being advertised as and these things the are burning price. money and stock price yeah right yeah just goes absolutely down the gutter and so that this is the last thing i'll say that takes us to today which is when negotiations were finally reopened um with the amptp and there was a discussion between representatives for the wga and the studios that first of all weren't we weren't supposed to know um what was said in these discussions, like during the meeting, the the studios were uh, apparently um, really pushing for a press blackout on this for the writers to like not talk about it. And the writers were going to do it until news stations started asking them about things from the meetings that were leaked by the studios, like breaking their own, breaking <laughs> yes, their own true. promise. So then the writers were like, all right, fuck you. We're going to, we're going to talk about this Um, where it basically said that the studios are willing to increase their offer on some minimum pay stuff and willing to talk about AI like Jordan mentioned, but are not willing to engage on the preservation of the writer's room or success-based residuals didn't indicate willingness to address screenwriter issues, appendix a issues, which I didn't get into and a lot of the other proposals. So I just want to say, like, that's where we're at. Negotiations have reopened, but they're not going anywhere because those are like big, big parts of the strike that the WGA said. We're not like we're not budging on this. Like, this is the most important part. 
So ex- all that just to say, expect this to go on like a while longer. You guys can go yeah. now because that was a long well, thing. I did a lot yeah. of research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, the last point that Patrick said, like, is legitimately one of the most important impacts of this whole thing. Because if anything, if anything comes out of this regarding that sentence about subscriber viewership stuff, that will impact not just streaming but every other media industry on earth. Because the entire world right now, especially in gaming, like, because that's what I know most about, right? Like, Patrick obviously is like the movie guy. I know most about, more about gaming than, than like all than like whatever. And Ethan like, knows about bridges, right? Ethan knows about bridges. Um, I'm really good all of gaming, all of, all of gaming is moving towards subscription. Like Xbox, there will not be an Xbox console in in five years. There just won't be. It'll be cloud streaming and Xbox Game Pass. Nvidia has literally, yeah, literally. I'd argue that a third of the reason why the Activision deal even went through is because of the deal that Microsoft signed with Nvidia, and the only way that deal went through is because of Xbox Game Pass. By the way. Just on a personal note, NVIDIA has an actual monopoly right now, and we should all be terrified for how powerful they're going to be in about five years. Like, they have an actual monopoly, and it's basically over for everybody else. What do you mean terrified, bro? I got stock in them. <laughs> okay, well, you could be happy, but fucking everybody else should be terrified. NVIDIA has an actual monopoly, and they're going to just destroy Sony and Microsoft. And like, but anyways, um, anyways, this is why Sony, after years of pushback, has finally put mainline single-player first-party games on PlayStation Plus because they know that they don't have a choice anymore. And this is why like every other company that does not have a multi-game subscription service, but it isn't like a platform company like Microsoft or Sony, is creating subscriptions for themselves, right? EA Play, Ubisoft Connect, um, Epic Games. Certain, well, Epic doesn't have a subscription yet, but Fortnite does, right? So that's the other thing that I was about to say doing. they're planning to, right? That's what almost, I was... almost certainly. But I like, what companies are... Because like, a lot of companies also recognize that like Xbox Game Pass does not make money and never has. Like it's actually a net loss for Microsoft year over year. It doesn't matter how many subscribers they get. Like you will never like I pay one dollar a month for Xbox Game Pass. I would buy Starfield for $60, as would most people. And like, but I'm getting it for one dollar. Right. So there's no the economics don't make any sense with that. But what a lot of people are doing instead is making single game subscription services, whether it's Fortnite or you know whatever else. And so the problem with this is that if this happens in film, it will also happen in gaming, where Microsoft will have to say the Xbox numbers, which Phil Spencer has not done since like 2018. Sony will have to say their numbers, and this will ripple out across, and then it ripple to, to news and to you know literature and all this kind of stuff. And it's going to be a total reshaping of the media landscape as we know it, where you're going to see like massive, massive losses from some of the biggest companies in the world. And so, like, that's why this is such a big deal because it would completely reshape the single biggest industry in the world as we know it. Uh, yeah, that's just my little piece on, on yeah, the subscription yeah. part. Um, but Wagner, you've not talked at all. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll give my little piece. Um, what I do know about more than both of you is AI because I'm yeah. like semi majoring in it. Um, I was, I was, I'm glad that the writers stood up. I thought they were, I just thought they were going to roll over. I thought like it was just going to happen one day and like they were just fucked. You know what I mean? So like, like the law does not move as fast as technology. And that is like the biggest, biggest thing. And like, I think the, one of the most important things that you said, Patrick, that is a hundred percent true. And why like, I'm think the world's going to end and like AI is going to take over, but that's like a whole other thing. Um, it's just Terminator. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're fucked. Like Joe Biden doesn't even know where he fucking is. Like, have you seen the like? Have you seen like on both sides? But that's not a, just a Democrat attack, by the way. Like, you, you did you see um who's this the Senate Minority Leader? 
Uh, Mitch McConnell, like, have a stroke um, Mitch for McConnell, a minute. Dude, you've got <laughs> yeah, I just see that. You know, the funniest face too. So it's just so. Oh my god, it's so. Dude, funny. dude, dude. If you look at our Congress right now, we, like he's not minority leader. It's uh, Kevin McCarthy is the minority leader. Unless he's no, no. Is he Kevin no, McCarthy? It's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the minority leader in the Senate, and Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy. is the Speaker of the House. Sorry, Her. Speaker of the House. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, Speaker of the House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you've got McConnell. Just like on one side, you've got McConnell having a stroke. You've got Marjorie Taylor Greene, who still thinks that the Jews have space lasers and control the weather. You've got like like you've got a former who's, president who is who's the woman, on trial who's the for seventy eight felonies. Wait, who's the Democratic senator who's also hates Jews? No, 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 no. Who's like super insanely like also completely off a rocker? Um, uh, anyways, I'll let you find that. Yeah, I, you, can you, can talk, you can No, if we go to the left, you've got Nancy Pelosi, who is, I'm sorry, guilty of insider trading, just like straight up, like straight up, like like half of. Congress By the way, a right lot of it's not just again both yeah. sides. Republicans yeah, and both Democrats sides. both insider like, trade, and that's why they won't pass legislation because Congress has to regulate yep, Congress, yep. which Congress will never do. Continue. The, the fact that you saw AOC and Matt Gates co-sign a bill to ban elected officials from trading and it didn't get through is crazy to me. Like, yeah, half of Congress oh, is going Diane, to insider trading. Um, Fine. Feinstein. Yeah. yeah. So, so she she yeah, is. is so the, the clip. It's an important clip to watch actually because I really yeah. think it is one of the biggest examples of the failure of American democracy. Um, yep. She. So there's this like, like when they vote, like everyone has to go around and say I, and like how our Congress works is like all the Democrats have predetermined their I and all the Republicans have predetermined their no, like no matter what happens. Right. And so she goes up to say her I, and she's been in Congress for like 40 years. Like she has gone up and all she has to do is say I, like that's all she has to do. And she's done it for like 40 years. And she goes up and starts making this argument. And then you, you see her like aides whisper to her. She's like, all you have to just say I. She's like, no, like she starts making the argument and they're like, no, 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 like that's not this part. And you can, the mic picks up everything, right? And they're like, no, and she's like, oh, oh, I, she just, by the way, signed her legal right to not be represented because she's too old to be represented. So she has to have her daughter represent her legally. This is what I want to say. She just signed over power of attorney, which means that she is not mentally capable of sustaining her own existence, but she is capable of making laws for this country. Yeah, and Congress Congress doesn't have term limits or yeah. age requirements or mental health requirements because Congress would have to regulate Congress, right? And so like- By the way, and then, you know, and then, you know, Wagner, you're not, you haven't done the best part. On top of everything, we're about to enter a presidential election where on one side, he's senile, and on the other side, he's a felon. And that's who we have to choose between. Like a terrible, terrible, <laughs> a fucked up felon too. Not just like misdemeanor shit. Like, 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 like yeah, literally yeah, like the only documents, like, like, like sexual assault. Yeah, only, and like, yeah, only yeah, person all. to breach the U.S. Capitol since 1813. Like, yeah. yeah whatever. It's anyway. So like, okay. Anyway, so um, I think it's too political. No, 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 but like, yeah, I think it's, it's a bipartisan problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my general point on this is that. And beyond the Spider-Verse got delayed. And beyond. <laughs> 
By the way, not just delayed, but delayed indefinitely. Indefinitely. At least least Invincible was written before this. Listen, listen. I just want to say, on on a happy note, this fall, because we're about to go on a multi year stretch where we do not get any media because of like the strike. This fall is about to be one of the greatest four months in media history. You've got Starfield, Spider Man 2, Invincible, Dune. Uh, what else? Dude, what else? Be so I've heard Dune. I really. Dude, Dune's gonna be good? sick. Dune's I've heard that. Jordan, you fell asleep during the first one. Don't I chat. Did not. That was you like me. During the first You did. lying. You fell asleep during the first Dune. That's what dude. I did. I literally said it on the Dune podcast. Listeners can go back and find it. Damn, dude, he's got the receipts. Let's stop. But anyways, my point, my general point is like, like. Like people say that like businesses are for profit, you know what I mean? And like that, that's like at the end of the day, that's like really what they are, you know? And so we have to acknowledge that like the studios can't exist without the writers and the actors, but like also the actors and writers can't really exist without the big studio to a degree. Right. But just like understand that businesses might be for profit, but understand like, don't get mad at people for then standing up for their same right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like when businesses make these decisions, they're just like, that's just the way it is, you know? But then when writers and actors do that, like you, you, you gotta have the same principles for both, you know? And so like, this is their, this is their like constitutional right, you know? And we, we go through times periods in history where like businesses expand and we just had like basically 40 years of giant corporate expansion and like a complete detachment from like corporate profits and like livable wage. Right. And now we're getting the backlash because it's not just strikes in film. It strikes FedEx had to bail out. And um, what's the other, the other company, the other delivery company. The railways are about to be or something. Yeah. The railways, Railways Amtrak, because there's just, I'd be be shocked if there's not an Amazon strike. But this happened a hundred years ago, right? Like we go through in America, like for better or for worse, gilded ages where companies expand profits. And it does like, Companies like getting big, like, isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? No, like, big companies can have benefits on the general society. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, all American history is balancing these two things, and we've really leaned into this company profit, yeah. right? Like, the biggest thing was like, like the last time we had a writer strike, the difference between like Walt Disney's like CEO like wage yeah. versus like the lowest employee was like thirty times. And Which like five hundred. We can something. debate if that's reasonable or not, but now it's like three hundred, right? And so it's yeah. just like we. This has been a long time coming, you know, and like that's why the demands are so reasonable because they're they're late, they're late Dude, on this. But, like, but also also add it's it also represents a lot of the math behind this represents a complete failure on the part of the companies to adequately adjust for the way the world has adjusted. Like I think Brian Cranston tweeted out that rent in LA has gone up like 1000% since like, I forget what no, year it was. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Wages have gone up 6%. Like, and like so it's, just, it's just a total, and this is happening all across, and I think this will continue to happen all across America in different job yeah. sectors. Like, it, it, it's like personally in my like economic yeah. view, which is like not necessarily the right one, I think it's a necessary, like yeah. it's impossible 100%. to like write government laws to like perfectly balance like company power and employee power. So you need to have moments where employees step up and then if they step up too far and companies fail, then like 
you got that's how the natural balance happens. You know but I, mean? I will say, I will say, I do think there's like there also is we should address some nuance here because like it's not like like it is basically all good, all bad, but it's not actually all good, all bad. There is there are like not. two there are like two points of nuance I want to address. The first is the I, one thing I think the writers, the strikers rather, have not adequately thought about, or maybe they have, and I just don't know, but I haven't seen anything, is the people actually affected by these strikes are not the Hollywood executives. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I just, I'm looking at this and I, and I like, I'm fully on board with the strike, fully support it, but I know that in between the step of strike people and are gonna get negotiation hurt. with students, and people are going to get hurt. And I just, and it's so nothing to do with any of this. Are gonna and I want, and I want to bring that back to the yeah. negotiations update that came out yesterday, where apparently, so the the representative for the studios is named Carol Lombardini, and she apparently said three times during during the meeting, um, in response to the the writing representatives saying like we're not going to back down on this like you're going to yeah. have to you're going to have to meet us on these um her response three times was people just want to get back to work yeah and yeah, this is the truth it, it's yes. like it's such it, it's a true statement like they all do right yeah. so pay them to go to work yeah, yeah. like, like when, just, when you when when you said earlier Ethan that you're glad that they're holding firm and like not rolling over um I think that we've still got a while left in this strike because yeah. the entire point of this 100%. is that writers are having to work second and third jobs to live like already. Like they have income. They're not getting their income from screenwriting. That's the problem is they want to be able to get their income the same, and, and just from screenwriting. Yet, this is but, not a political yeah. podcast. So I like hate bringing this up, but like it's the same thing that like Walmart people, Walmart employees who work like full time, like 60 hour jobs are still on welf- welfare. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Dude, the fact that, like, you have screenwriters coming out, like, from Breaking Bad, like, some of the most popular shows of all time, saying like, that the entire time the they were working that shows ever made, like, by Chris, like, just on a crazy yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just like, like, again, it's, it's one of those things <laughs> where there is, I don't understand. Because I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of actors come out against the strike, like, the biggest one being, like, Stephen Amell. Right, Green Arrow came out against strike. He was like, "The so strike is stupid. stupid." I don't understand how you arrive at that viewpoint. And like his thing was like, "It's not productive." I don't see another That's way to negotiate point. with this. It's <laughs> That's like literally the point. The point. Uh, like, read, open if, you stop, if you stop producing goods, the people who are dependent on those goods who are forced to make decisions. Exactly. Forced to and, make decisions. And like and like that's some things where it's like and my with my point earlier, I think what I was more trying to say in a clearer way is. It sucks that the people who will be most hurt by this are the people who have that absolutely really no suck. power like, totally, to do anything. Totally that really is more really my really point. That really is more my point is looking at this strike. Well, obviously, like there's a big picture here of big gargantuan forces between the studios and the strikers. It's important that we don't forget about the people who are actually be affected by this, which is the people who have no power to do anything and have no agency in their lives. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's just like, like, I think, as to Patrick's point, this strike will go on probably for at least until you know the end of the fall. I the last wonder, one of this scale. I would say that the, the last one ended three days from now. Yeah. Well, this is the this is the question I would pose to you guys. I wonder at a certain point. I don't know if they have the power to step in. 
do you think the federal government steps in at some point and it's just like, you guys got to figure this out because tens of thousands of people are going to lose their jobs? Like, do you guys think that happens at some point? 100% but, but I don't even know if they have the power. Like, does the federal they, government yeah, have the power? Yeah, 100% they do. Reagan did it with the, the airlines. Reagan has done it. The airlines are run by the federal government and Reagan fired all the air traffic controllers. Like, that, like Hollywood is not run by the federal government. Well, air they can't force them to do anything, but they can be like, we'll pass legislation if you don't, right? Like, they, they, yeah, they actually, they, they, it's a weirder situation because I think the, the historical examples of them doing that are examples of like when writer, like when factory workers were striking during World War II, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, like it was, it was so tied to the natural interest, the nation's yeah. natural national interest, um, that the government was stepping in. And I wonder, and I think with air, like air, obviously air traffic is huge to the U.S. economy. Um, mm-hmm. and so those are the historical examples of the U.S. government stepping in on strikes. Well, also in the historical, and they were going to step in, in on the FedEx stuff if it hadn't. I just, I think it's a weirder gray area because I don't know if media is that potentially, but I, I definitely could see the U.S. government stepping in. I, I just think like for me, it's like it's weirder for me because in all the historical examples I can think of, namely the railroads and the air traffic controllers, those are both things that are run by the federal government. Like straight up, they right, and so it's easy for government to step in and like actually do shit. But, but the U.S. government this has stepped a, on in like in the meatpacking industry. Yeah, like, obviously, like like, yeah, yeah. like this, I, is, I, I, this is. But, but the, thing, the thing with this is like I think media is absolutely big enough for the government to step in. Like it is like it, it's America's biggest export. Like like in terms of non physical. Yeah, yes, like, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we export our culture. That, that's what we do. It's it's crazy that we do, but that's what we do. We export our culture. Um. Also. And the bigger thing here is there's a presidential election next year. And you like everybody wants this solved. Like the, I can fucking guarantee you Biden does not want this shit hanging over his head going into a primary. Like you really don't want your opponents to be able to say, hey, one of America's biggest industries is currently shut down. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Um, so yeah, I the thing for me is like I I think, and the reason why that's worrying is. I think if the government steps in, it will be at the expense of the writers. Like it will only um, result in a worse deal for the writers. I, I disagree about that, but I want to say quickly: Did you see? Uh, did you see the thing where it's like in as a instead of um, going to a press conference to talk about Trump's indictment, Biden went to watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. that. laughs> Yeah. Um, but the, the I, I think the what you're not considering, Jordan. The, the government can't force the writers to work, right? Like they can force, they can pass, kind of they'll do some shit, dude. They'll, they'll do. But some. what does that mean? Like they can right, But the easier thing for the government to do would be force the studios to pay them because, would, because they can't actually control the human, the human action to do something yeah, or not dude, do something, dude, but they can control they like well, well, they yeah, they, they can, technically though. can, but like, in this case, it would probably be a little weird. Yeah, the like they did like, like force people to fight in wars and build tanks for right. Um, the, the, so the, definitely the, the thing is, 
But I think this is yeah, all right. There, there could be a draft, I guess, <laughs> for screenwriters. The thing I would throw back at you is I think you're underestimating the power of money in the US government. And these studios pay these political pay these politicians a lot of money. Like the law. Right, but I'm I'm just saying, like, what's the like do you just force you just, you just, dude, like, like you, I like just you don't just know enough in. about, I'm just not yeah, like, legally inclined enough, enough, yeah. enough to know how it happens, but I, I definitely know that there's historical context for yeah. an agreement that obviously will benefit the writers, I think, like, no matter what, like, the writers yeah, are going to yeah, come out, like, because the baseline, like, the proposal difference is like 480 million versus like 80 million right now. Right. Like that's what the writers want. That's what the, so like in either, like, I guess the writers will like benefit. And it's not going to be 480 million. No, 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 it's not. No, no, it's not. Right. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. And I think like, no matter what, like the writers are going to get something, but I do think they're, I I don't know enough to talk about it, but I do think there is definitely something in the government's hand to do what Jordan is saying. Um, And I do think Disney is lobbying the federal government more than Cranston is. Mm -hmm. I yeah, don't Disney, think Disney we're so, going to get there. I, I, I don't you, know if we will. I, I just don't know. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, that seems like I don't know enough about federal law. To but I, I, I do think this strike is going to go on for like, like you said I in the fall. I, I think this strike is going to go on for like six months. Yeah. And yeah, I think like we're talking about there's trains, nurses are starting to strike. Like I think I think we're going to actually see a this is like starting to pave the path for a lot of industries doing this. And I think we're going to see this. Pretty much across the board, and I think this will affect how the primaries. Well, but the thing I'll also also give huge credit to the strikers with is I don't know if you guys saw the photo from yesterday, but we're on day ninety of the strike, and the picket lines are just as big as they were on day one, and like that's they're a big. Pissed. They're bigger. Like, like they're this like, is a but big, I, I was crazy, crazy how they were like some of these, like especially the comedians are just like not holding back on their comments no, for their boss. Like I'm just like like. They're not being nice about it, you know. Did you see, uh, did you see Ron Perlman? Um, Dude, when, so when Ron Perlman, when the executive uh, executive who talked about we're going to wait until they start losing yeah, their homes, he was like, he, he was like, we're going to find your fucking address. <laughs> <laughs> he literally just like threatened the guy. Like, they're, they're how, about Bob, dude, how about Bob Odenkirk in Disney headquarters calling out Bob Iger by name? And just pointing at his office, which <laughs> is like, like straight up. Like it's just, yeah, it's been sick. It's pretty. I mean, it's like, and I think it's an understated yeah. thing how much of a massive buff it is going to be for the writers to have the actors, because yeah. at yeah, the well, end of the day, yeah, you don't get a headline about Dwayne the Rock Johnson um, gives historic donation to relief fund if it's just yeah. the writers, right? Like no writers are giving yeah. that much are, are giving that much. Yeah. And the so, somebody who would, wouldn't be as high profile as Dwayne, the rock Johnson. So all it does is create more goodwill for the strike. Also, even as like a, just like a, like a court of public opinion thing, most Americans don't know anything about writers and don't really give a shit, but most Americans do take notice when you see the biggest celebrities in the world all united in one thing. Like when you see like, I don't know, Bob, o- I mean, Bob o- isn't even one of them, but like Tom Cruise, 
Like when you hear Tom Cruise's name mentioned, yeah, I mean Tom Cruise is actually one of the people little, who's like iffily yeah, supporting the strike. Well, also, Tom Cruise is an executive producer at this point. Like he's not even an yeah. actor or a writer; he's a but, producer. But we've been we we learned 15 years ago to not pay attention to Tom Cruise outside of the movies. Yeah, <laughs> Watch his movies, music. enjoy them, and then yeah. stop. Well, Don't yeah. pay attention to him. Uh, but but even just having his name in association with the movement draws more attention to the movement than it would without it being there. Yeah, like yeah and there's, there's, and there's, but there's other examples like Robert and there's, Yeah, there's going to be a second wave of people noticing when things stop coming out. Yeah, well, the thing is, is, is there's going to be next a huge second wave when people notice like, what the fuck are movie theaters going to do? Dude, right now, there is nothing. I don't think there is anything set to release in the close. second half of 2024. Like, nothing yeah. is going to come out in 2024. And like, and by the way, and the it's a is, thin first half. It's a thin first half, and like, and I think that's really as if the writers and actors can wait out for that second wave. I think that's yeah. when it's going to start breaking. Because well, we just things, we haven't lived in that era ever, ever, ever. Our entire lives, there's always been like something. Our a generation, few months like Gen Z. If like, we get to, if we get to like April of next year, and this shit's still going on, forget consumers, forget movie theaters, forget all of that. What the fuck are they are, are executives going to do on investor calls where they have board members who are like, "Hey, are we close to something? Are we going to make money this year?" Like, do you know what happens if Bob Iger gets on an investor call and his board members are like, "Hey, I'm looking at this calendar and uh, it's blank." Yeah, I, I, I see the calculation. Um, if you had just paid them what they wanted, we would have lost like way less money. Yeah, like we're going to lose billions of dollars. Like, maybe, maybe it's not as ridiculous. And I also want to say that the I think it's a very important thing that there is um, precedent for this being not this being a feasible thing. These demands being a feasible yeah. thing because A24 is still allowed to make movies. People working for them are still yeah. allowed to make movies for them because they agreed to everything. Dude, they were like, sure, yeah, we'll do it. And their movies are still being promoted. There's all that, and they're doing well. By A24 remains just such an unbelievably good studio in terms of just quality and like goodwill. Like A24, all of those like indie horror studios, like A24, Annapurna, um, I'm sure there are others I'm forgetting. Dude, those studios are just so fucking cool. Like, goddamn, I love A24. Anyways. Yeah, like Blumhouse. Yeah, if A24 wants to sponsor Excelsior, uh, we'll gladly take it. You don't actually have to pay us money. You can just like just save it, you sponsor us. I'm like, we'll take it. A24 is awesome. A24 is awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, is there, Maybe we should strike Patrick. Until Jordan starts paying us. <laughs> and I, the executive. I, Who else would it be? You're the president. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also a writer. I'm an actor. I'm a, I'm a talent. I'm the Tom Cruise. Okay, of you're the president. I'm the, I'm the Tom Cruise of this situation. <laughs> right? Like Bob Iger could cast himself as Iron Man and he would still be <laughs> Bob Iger. <laughs> not Bob Iger. Yeah. <sighs> Is that it? Are we, are we wrapping on that? Yeah, I, I think, think that's a wrap. This yeah. is a good discussion. This is a, I will this is a good say, discussion. though, on like a completely unserious note, like, Guys, if you want our support, just like write some good shit. Like, holy crap! Like the MCU and DCU suck. Like, yeah, like guys. what the fuck? Like, like yeah. I'm all for like your support, but like, come on, guys. Like, 
you gotta give us something. Maybe, dude, maybe this is why. Maybe this is like, I think, like, maybe this is just all concerted, like, psychological operation where the writers just write worse and worse shit. And are like, it's like, it's funny how we, like, like defended the writers, but, like, spent the first half of the podcast shooting them. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, there's so much, like, like well, it, it's obviously, obviously it's a joke of a point, but just because there are some people who actually seem to believe it, like, if you uh, watch bad content, you will have opinions that there are bad content coming out, right? But there's also, like, so much oh good my god stuff. wait wait shout out for bad content um joyride i watched that with my family last night <laughs> you saw that oh my god <laughs> like like we, like oh no, crap no. Like, i'm sorry a waste of an hour and a half if there's ever been one <laughs> Dude, shout out for bad content how about the meg 2 premiering at zero percent on rotten tomatoes and more importantly you're not watching the, the meg 2 the did you see? Did you see the trailer for Slother House about killer sloths? <laughs> I did not see the trailer for killer sloths. <laughs> no. Dude. Oh, I heard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was really good. Then yeah, I, I watched it. It, it was good. good. It was good. I don't think it's as much as everyone's saying, but it was good. Okay, it looked good. I want to see that. Um, I, I saw also, a clip of them like talking about like bacon, bacon egg and cheeses and being like super New Yorky. And so now I want to see. Yeah, I might see. I want to see that when I'm back from uh, from Copenhagen. Potentially future episode, dude. I'm down to future episode on TMNT because also yeah. we're about to just run out of episodes. Like speaking of like content issues, yeah, we're really gonna have to really go back to the uh, hot takes and favorite lists, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Our new ten favorite movies. Yeah, no, we can do a second do, uh, round of hot takes though, which is a whole. I was gonna bring this we can up. Do, we can definitely do. We should do a second round of hot takes. Also, like. Also, by one thing I should do on point with the strike is what we're also seeing, which is sick for the video game industry, is a whole bunch of Hollywood people are moving over to video games. Like John Carpenter, the you know greatest horror mind of all time, is making his own video game. David Harbour and Kirsten Dunst are starring in a new game. Nicolas Cage licensed Nicolas Cage to be put in a game. That's not an exaggeration, by the way, just licensed himself to be put in a game. Um, John Cena is part of the promotion for the next Overwatch 2 season. Dude, Will Smith is starring in a video game. Like, all of these people are moving over to gaming. It's a lot of media. So fucking cool, dude. Brian Gosling's in the top 100 on Spotify right now. I saw that. (laughs) Did you guys know? Did you guys know that? Wait, hold on, pause, pause. Did you guys know that Scarlett Johansson? Robert Downey Jr., Russell Crowe, and Killian Murphy have all released albums on Spotify? Because I learned that the other I day. I knew Robert Downey Jr. Le- had. And let me tell you, their music is fucking atrocious. No, I bet. I mean, I'm Don't sure. Start. Can you listen to Damian Lillard rap? Like, Dude, oh their music god. is Man. so bad. Oh my god, this album cover. <laughs> Holy fuck, the futurist? It's so bad. God, for all our um, audio listeners or whatever... Um, I don't, the glare is too bad, but um, I'm gonna listen to this. That's dude, our next listen concept. to all of it. it dude, we can review future reviews for. <laughs> okay. Oh my right. god, that's terrible, guys! That is a wrap on this week's episode of Excelsior, and it actually is this week's episode of Excelsior. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we're we're listen all we're the back, dude, dude, as like we never left, <laughs> we did leave. <laughs> we did leave. All of the studios are just plumbing into the center of the earth, and then we're out here rising like a fucking phoenix. We're we're filling like the void, baby. If you don't have shows to watch. <laughs>
Listen, if any writers want to come on Excelsior and uh, Facts. Jo- or, dude, we'll become actors. a studio. Either one. Or we'll actors. Yeah. We'll become Here, a studio. We'll pay you. Yeah, except Nicole yeah. Kidman. Dude, did you see there was a poll taken uh, of the nation that said that more people know Nicole Kidman from the AMC ad than from any of her actual films? Couldn't name one of her fucking projects. I could not name a single Nicole Kidman. I could name one, and it's the others. The best horror film of all time, and you all should watch it. Don't care. Um, Fuck you. Okay. It's a wrap, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.